all of you right i really thank the lord for this uh, opportunity and privilege to be here with you this morning to be part of the worship and also to share from god's word i also would like to extend my gratefulness to the assembly assembly leaders elders and oversight and uh, i do hope and pray that what we will meditate today will be a blessing to all of us in our personal spiritual journey as a way of introducing the subject for uh, today's study i want to share a personal experience this happened in 2017 as some of you may know that i was diagnosed with uh, a kind of a rare malignancy called neuroendocrine tumors and then uh, later the second half of the year something that happened to me which i never expected or uh, i never thought that i'll be going through that kind of an experience i suddenly started losing my weight and then i was down to i was 86 and then within 8 uh, months i was down to 74 each day i would uh, put myself onto the weighing machine just to see whether i am losing further and then uh, and then i also realized that uh, i was losing my confidence all of a sudden i felt like i was good for nothing i couldn't go out all alone and then uh, having uh, been in uh, itinerant work for almost 20 years it was totally strange that i couldn't even leave my house just to the bazaar to buy something all alone and then i realized that uh, i couldn't get up and speak all those years i've been doing that and all of all, all of a sudden i realized that i couldn't do what i used to do and then i was having what we call as panic attacks okay so i resisted uh, meeting a psychiatrist for quite some time because in my mind i thought this is something i will handle okay and then uh, it went on and on and on i was uh, sinking into a kind of a, a deep pit and then i didn't want to meet people and uh, many of my preaching assignments i was turning it down and then uh, to a point where i realized or i felt to myself that the best days were over for me okay everything is done i was gripped by i just don't want to call it the word the usual word fear it was something more than that imagine being a husband you have a wife and two young children and uh, you're not able to have a a normal conversation with them okay and then uh, hesitantly very very hesitantly uh, after a few months i met uh, a christian psychiatrist and then uh, who diagnosed me with something called as medically called as ptsd post 
post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay? Brothers and sisters, what I went through is what people usually call as clinical depression. Okay? Now, uh, of course, in our churches, we don't speak much about mental well-being. We talk about spiritual well-being a lot. But uh, when it comes to matters of our mind, there is a kind of a stigma, right? When I started speaking about this openly, there were many who came to me and, asked, and said, very surprisingly, you being a preacher, you being a full-time evangelist, are you saying that you are undergoing depression? Okay. But then sooner I realized I'm not alone. When I started uh, looking at uh, the history of God's people, I realized I was in the midst of good company. People like Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, Prince of Preachers, Almost 50 odd years in his life, he battled with deep depression. Martin Lloyd Jones, another amazing man of God, he battled with depression and anxiety all his life. And then, when I started looking into the scripture, I realized that we have very good examples here as well. Men of God, some of them we can call them as spiritual giants, men who had accomplished courageous things for the Lord vulnerable moments in their lives. Okay? But praise God, the Bible does not hide those vulnerable moments. The Spirit of God has actually recorded the worst events of its greatest heroes. doesn't hide it. Brothers and sisters, the passage that was read to us this morning uh, open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19. And it's a very familiar story for those of us who are uh, familiar with the Old Testament. Now, Elijah. The first thing I want to ask you is now, when you hear the word Elijah, what comes to your mind? You know, you think of a very courageous person, a preacher, powerful preacher. A man who had the courage to you know, bring uh, so many of those uh, prophets of Baal together and then you know, had this powerful encounter. man who brought down fire from heaven. Isn't it? The man who called for drought and it happened. And then later you know, when he wanted the rain to come back, it happened. A powerful character, isn't it? Now what we read you now, uh, in 1st Kings chapter 18, the Mount Carmel experience, something note that talks about the zeal of that person, right? He was very, very zealous for the Lord. He was more of a revival preacher. His heart's desire was to bring about a spiritual revival among God's people, the Israelites. But then what we just read, the first part of chapter 19, here is a man of God wallowing in deep depression. And obviously the question comes, what happened to Elijah? Is this something you know, that happened all of a sudden? 
Now, just to give you a little bit of background so that now you can refresh your mind uh, to recall the story. After the Mount Carmel experience, Jezebel, okay, the family that was uh, ruling Israel at that time, Jezebel, she wanted to take the revenge on Elijah. So she woved in front of people by saying that as Elijah had done to the prophets of Baal, he actually massacred them. He butchered them literally. Right after Mount Carmel incident, he went after the prophets of Baal and almost killed every one of them. So now Jezebel wanted to take revenge. She said, I'm going to do the same to you. Okay. And this news reaches Elijah. Brothers and sisters, that's when we read verse uh, 2 of chapter 19. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Verse 3, then he was afraid. And he arose and ran for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Yes, there was the trigger. The trigger was Jezebel was now uh, very, very keen to eliminate Elijah. But then the question is, a man like Elijah, would he be afraid of a woman like Jezebel, would he really not take it, take that, that he is run, now running for his life? If you look at uh, the distance between Jezreel, the place from which you know, he started running, uh, to the place where he reached Bathsheba, it's almost 100 miles. Now, this man is running for his life. Okay. And he has his servant. Then when he reached a particular point, he decides, doesn't even want the servant to be with him. He wanted to be alone. Doesn't want to have anyone around him. All that he wanted to be was alone. And then what we read is, he's having a conversation with God. Okay. Uh, kind of a prayer. And we, we read in verse, uh, verse 4. He sat down under a broom tree. He asked that he might die saying, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life. I am no better than my father's. Words that come out of a depressed person. He wants to be alone. He doesn't want to have anyone around him. Inside his closet. And what is he saying? Lord, it is enough. I have seen enough. Okay. God, take away my life. Brothers and sisters, I don't know how many of you can relate yourself with this story here. I don't know, know what you are going through or what you have been through. There are times you know, when all of us are under the broom tree wondering, Lord, what's happening with my life? For Elijah... It was not just that fear, sudden fear that his life might come to an end at the hands of Jezebel. There was something else that was going on for a, quite some time. A sense of failure. 
a man who wanted to see the revival of israel for quite some time he has been working hard towards it he has been preaching and preaching and preaching and then he thought maybe by this demonstration at mount carmel people will realize jehovah is god and they will turn away from the worship of baal now even after that mount carmel incident he doesn't see much of a difference now he is almost certain there is no point in me going around and doing all this lord i've had enough take away my life sense of failure now he has been you no know, very very jealous for the lord very interesting you now when the lord begins to really you no know, uh speak to him to find out what was really going through in his mind the lord was asking him elijah why are you here what's happening to you and that's when you no know, he begins to talk about it both times literally the same words look at verse 10 and verse 14 it's the same words verse 10 and verse 14 I have been very jealous for the Lord the God of hosts for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword and I even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away it's like no you're standing before God and saying Lord I have been working hard for you but I don't understand what you're doing to me right i've been very jealously working for you i don't see any results around me but then no rather what i am going through is what very very painful they now trying to take my life and then now you begin to also immediately uh get into the self pity mode and what is that <laughs> what is he saying he saying no i am no better than my fathers no it's like saying no yes lord maybe i'm not good enough i am not good enough to bring about a revival maybe no the reason why you don't use me is uh, because no i'm not good enough brothers and sisters i want to ask you this morning i know many of you are young people uh, much much younger than me maybe you have started your career you are into your early years of your family life i really don't know what you are going through but there are times now when we all face this sense of failure you're not really know able to make sense of what's happening around you okay and you don't want to talk about this to any others you keep this within yourself but you can't get rid of this it always comes back no whether you are you are working whether you are uh, no in the church no it always comes back now elijah although he was such a man of god a spiritual giant a man whom god used mightily here he was feeling worthless you know he has come to a stage now where he realizes i don't see uh, any step forward i feel hopeless and let me die brothers and sisters there's a verse in the bible which says this talks about god's character it's there in the book of isaiah 
and it is also repeated in the book of Matthew in the New Testament. It talks about God's nature. You know what is that? It says, He will not break a bruised seed, right? Read. And He will not snuff out what? A smoldering wake. Now, what I want to focus is not what happened to Elijah or the details of Elijah's depression. What I want to focus is on how the Lord dealt with him. And I want to share my own story with you as we look at uh, how the Lord dealt with Elijah in his weakest moment in life. Now, there are three things that I want to highlight. The first thing, let's read that. Uh, this is in uh, chapter 19, and we're going to look at verse 5 onwards. Chapter 19, follow with me as I read from verse 5. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. Verse 7. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength, strength of that food, 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Brothers and sisters, the first thing that we note here, God understood what Elijah really needed. God understood what Elijah really needed. And God decided to refresh him. Now, when Elijah decided that he didn't want to meet anybody, any human being, God decided to send an angel to him. And I want to just you know, add one thing here. If any of you are going through what I've been describing, I want you to realize you can't battle it alone. You may think, okay, this will go off after a while. Okay. Maybe you, know, you are worried what others will think about you if you start sharing this openly with others. But brothers and sisters, I want you to realize that there are times you know, when God decides to minister to us through angels. And I'm here not talking about literally the angels of the Lord. But God has his angels and God will send it to us, send them to us. Now here, Elijah, as I said, no, he didn't want to meet anyone. And God here sends an angel. And then what is the kind of ministry the Lord does through the angel? Very simple. Elijah, you need rest. You have been working so, so zealously. That's true. You have been no working hard for me. That's very true. But you need rest. There is no rebuke. Watch out. There is no rebuke. Why are you behaving like this? No, I've been using you. Why are you no, behaving like this? No rebuke, no correction at this point of time. All that the Lord wanted Elijah to know was, I am concerned about you. I am concerned about your health. I am concerned about your mental well-being. 
brothers and sisters, sometimes, you know, when you work in corporate world, maybe your senior, maybe, you know, the boss above you, maybe a taskmaster, you know, they're least bothered about, you know, what you're going through, right? No, we live in a world where people want their tasks to be done. They don't, they're least bothered about what is happening inside you. Sometimes, you no, know, there is the tendency because the world is like, world around us is like that. We also have the tendency to think our God is also what? A taskmaster. But I want to say, my dear brothers and sisters, God is more concerned about us, about our physical well-being and also our mental well-being. So therefore, the angel, what is the kind of ministry? Did the angel come and preach to Elijah? Did the angel no, make him sit? No, recall... Uh, the previous uh, encounters with the Lord. There wasn't any preaching there. There was not even any exhortation. Very simple. Arise and eat. And then everything was ready. Imagine brothers and sisters. Okay, where in the wilderness do you have what? Hot cakes, baked cakes, and a jug of water. And he ate, drank. The next thing you read is what? He slept again. A typical sign and symptom of depression. You know what? The Bible says, second time the angel came. Second time the angel came to Elijah and the angel said the same thing. Arise and eat. And this time we read, the journey you have to take is so long. So therefore, arise and eat. Brothers and sisters, do you realize how tenderly the Lord lead, deals with us? No, you have to start believing this. Our God is there to tenderly deal with us. Now, sometimes even when we don't want to open up, no, the Lord wants to meet us and then no, deal with us. Brothers and sisters, this is one of the things that I want to again uh, stress out. Please don't deal this alone. If you're ever going through anything like this, don't think that you have to deal with this alone. Open up yourself. One of the ways you know, by which the Lord really brought me out of that kind of a deep uh, rut in, into which I was getting into was God brought some friends in my life. See, sometimes, no, I, I tell you, so we are part of church, but you know what, what is a sad thing? Sometimes it can all become very, very superficial. We meet on Sundays, we say, hi, hi, and then you, know, you have all these formalities, right? Okay, how is everything going? And then have you ever heard anybody say, no, things are not good with me? Very rare. But remember... The, the Lord has given us the body of Christ to minister in moments like this. They are the angels. Brothers and sisters, even if you are not going, going through something like, the, like this, I want to encourage you, look out for people, speak to people, get closer to them. Maybe God is sending you as an angel to refresh someone. They are there all around us, I tell you. They may not open themselves, maybe because of some 
some reasons or the culture in which we live but i want you to and minister to them and if you are going through open up with someone the other thing that i want to say from here and of course you know what we need when you go through depression today uh, is not what elijah needed right elijah wanted what food and drink maybe you know that's plenty available <laughs> we don't need food and drink but i just want to remind you for our weary souls especially you know when you're going through depression or anxiety you know your mind is not stable your cortisol level is all the time spiked up and you don't know how to handle i want to say take a break if needed take a break before no you burn out take a break one thing i realized in my life was no over two decades i have not really taken care of what was happening inside me deep inside me of course the diagnosis was a trigger but then i realized i have been an anxious person all the time i have not dealt with that you know what i started looking at the scripture reading the scripture taking notes picking up some of those promises and started applying it day by day say i want to say this to your very soul okay you may have friends praise god for it you should have some friends you know with whom you should be able to speak out but then more than all that uh the real strength it comes from the word of god for a child of god i tell you that's the way god wants to refresh your weary soul okay sometimes you know when you're going through depression or something like that you won't even feel like reading the bible can i say that you may be opening your scripture you may be reading it but nothing gets in right what do you do <laughs> what do you do then find ways by which no you can apply scripture if you know are a person who just want to listen to music or if you just want to read psalms okay just read psalms allow god to minister to you first that's what i tried doing during those days i still remember uh, as i picked up some of the books spiritual books and also the scripture and then no i i started writing those statements through which the lord spoke to me and then now i used to carry this with me wherever i went i tell you there were times you no know, when i was say in 2019 for 45 days i had to be out of the country and i was traveling all alone and then you no know, in the mind even before you no know, i i left to the airport the devil was you no know, bringing all those memories what if you are going to have a panic attack right in the in the in the time you no know, you are in the flight what if you're going to have a panic attack no when you're preaching because it happened once to me the devil was flooding my memory with all those terrifying moments you know what i used to then pull out my purse take the sheet of paper where i had written down all those verses i would read it to myself that will refresh your soul don't take it lightly moving on the second thing that the lord did to elijah we read in uh, chapter 19 again uh, 
Uh, let me read from verse 9 onwards. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken you on your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even only I, am left and they seek my life to take it away. And God said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Brothers and sisters, the Lord refreshed Elijah because that's what he needed. Secondly, the Lord also revealed himself in a new way to Elijah. So when you think about Elijah, no, you're off, you often think of him as part of no, all this super dramatic, uh, supernatural events. Yes. Perhaps you know, that's how Elijah has understood God. God of fire. God of earthquake. God of the wind. Now the Lord very clearly said to Elijah, I want to show you who I am. Yes. I am God of fire, God of earthquake. I want you to know, I am the God of the small, still voice. The Lord asked Elijah to stand. And then, no, he was looking out because that's, that's something no, he's accustomed to. He knows, look, this is how God no, works out. God reveals himself through fire. Earthquake, maybe he has got so many other experiences. Now he is not looking at God from the same window. But he was not able to see in all those experiences. And then, totally unexpected, he had a small whisper. Brothers and sisters, let me also say this. Every broken experiences. No? Every experience that you and I have, you now where you realize, you no, know, you're broken down. I want to say God is nearer to you at that point of time more than any other times. Can you imagine this? Let me say this. When will you be able to hear another person's whisper? Tell me. When will you be able to hear another person's whisper? When that person is so near to you. The Lord was very, very clearly showing Elijah at this vulnerable time in your life. Although you are at your lowest ebb in your spiritual journey. I'm still with you. I'm still with you. You can still count on me. Brothers and sisters, remember. In your battle against depression, in your battle against anxiety or fear, whatever you go through, you always have to keep reminding yourself about the fact 
don't get carried away by your feelings your feelings will always you know what deceive you it happened to me one day no i was feeling no very enthusiastic and then uh, i was feeling no okay all that is gone i tell you then i would then i would start driving away from my home to kamnahalli i tell you and all of a sudden it's back <laughs> and then i have to keep reminding myself don't trust the feeling nothing is going to happen to me i had to keep reminding myself nothing is going to happen to me because my lord is with me see i tell you uh, i have spoken about grace i have taken classes lectures about grace but i tell you i have never experienced gr- grace the way i experienced that during the last 4 years brothers and sisters i want to be honest here i have never experienced god's grace the way i am experiencing it today if the lord has really said that my grace is sufficient for you it is every 6 months i have to monitor my health the last report came just 3 days ago and i consulted the doctor the doctor said we'll have to do a scan in the month of december okay now when i look back if the doctor had said the same thing in 2017 that was enough to no create that panic in me the very thought of no going under the scanning machine was like something no that really terrified now i would start no immediately no panicking and then no uh, lose control over my emotions but then when i now look at what is happening i realize okay the grace that has sustained me over the last 4 years that is enough so i want to just encourage you okay whatever you're going through have the your feelings no no your feelings may betray that as if no god is not near you he is not involved in your life he is not close to you no forget about those feelings come back to the scripture this was a totally new experience now i want to say you look at many of god's children it was through those broken experiences god revealed himself in a very fresh new way recently i was listening to johnny erickson tada i'm still amazed 50 years on wheelchair how could she you no know, keep experiencing god in a new and fresh ways that's unbelievable so in the midst of you know whatever you are going through you you can name it whether it's depression or anxiety or fear or whatever it is i just want to encourage you even in the midst of that look for god revealing himself in a new way it will surprise you i tell you it will surprise you now very often when i read the scripture especially um, stories like uh, Hannah and Samuel you know what surprises me like imagine uh, when you read through first samuel chapter 2 you're reading about a woman's description of 
who God is. You're reading about a woman's description of who God is. That's Hannah's prayer. Did Hannah go to any Bible college? Did Hannah get an opportunity to learn this from any Old Testament scholars, rabbis? That is bookish. It was through her broken experience, she knew much more than what Eli knew. She was able to experience and know, express God in ways that others could not even understand or grasp. The same, I have, you know, when I was reading through some of uh, Johnny's books, sometimes I wondered, here is a totally invalid woman lying all the time in a bed and she has to depend on another person for even the smallest thing, minutest thing. Yet, what profound knowledge about who God is. And how did that come about? I'm not talking about fresh new revelation as some of the charismatics talk about. I'm talking about God personalizing some of things that you know theoretically. That will change your life. And let me just move on to the third thing. How the Lord dealt with Elijah. Let me read from verse, uh, okay, let me read from verse 15 onwards, chapter 19, verse 15. And the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint king, of, king over Syria and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel and Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel, Abel Mehola. You shall anoint to be prophet in your place. Okay. You know what? <laughs> this is God recommissioning Elijah. What did Elijah say? Lord, it is enough. My best days are what? Over. Madi. In Malayalam, we say, Tamil, we say, Podu. Everything is over. Right? But to that man, God is saying, hey, I am not done with you. My purpose for you is not over. <laughs> I still have plans for you. I still have certain things for you to accomplish. And then God very clearly guides him by assigning three aspects. You go over, anoint this person. You go over to this place and anoint this person. And he also anoint your successor, Elisha. Brothers and sisters, now remember this. Uh, whatever you are afraid of, okay, let's openly talk about it. Now, for me, no, I met a, a, a wonderful counselor during my uh, that stressful time. Wonderful man of God. He made me sit and know. When I started crying, he asked me, what are, why are you crying for? What are you crying for? And then, no, sometimes, no, we don't face our fears. Let me say that. We don't face our fears. So he asked me, you know, what are you crying for? You know, and then you know, I started really picking out some of those fears. And then I openly started expressing it to him. I said, no, I'm afraid what will happen to my children. Maybe I want to live for another few more years. After my children, you know, they've graduated from college. Even if I have to die, that, even if I have to die that's okay. 
I mean, for those uh, parents who are here, you know what I'm talking about, right? So the thing is, that was my worst fear. It's not like, what if I die? That was not something no, that was dominating my mind. Because I know my faith in Christ, and I'm sure if I die on this earth, the very next moment, I wake up in his presence. For me, it was my wife and children. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, when I think of those things, no, uh, that uh, man of God who was uh, listening to all this, he brought out some scriptural truths very powerfully, very powerfully in ways that I have not thought about it. He asked me one question. Brother, you are a preacher. I want to quote a verse for you. Now I'm going to ask you whether it's true or not. You know what he asked me? Do you believe that the Lord has counted all the hairs on your head? What is your answer as a preacher? Hello? Yes. Okay, the second question, I wasn't prepared. Brother, do you also believe that the Lord, the same Lord has counted the hairs on your children's head? Wow. I never thought about it. And I thought, no, it was, it was because of me, my children are what? Surviving. It is because of me, my children are what? Taken care of. It isn't. You know what? I had to face the fear of death. I had to face the fear of death. Okay, the, the reason why I'm saying all this now is uh, just the way the Lord dealt with Elijah, I also realized God has some purpose for your life. He didn't bring you into the world without what? Some clear plan in his mind. And in that plan, we also have to believe you will live as long as the Lord wants you to live. That's the truth. In Psalm 139, we read, all the days of your life are ordained by him. Even before one of them came into existence. And I had to meditate on those words. I had to keep telling myself, my work is not over. No, sometimes, no, we wind it up. Right? Huh? I remember a state, reading a statement. Uh, no, why think the game is over until you, you have heard the referee's whistle? That's true, right? No, until no, you hear the referee's final whistle, you play out. Now I started meditating on that particular aspect. No, I don't have to cringe. I don't have to know, always think about what will happen to me. If I'm traveling alone or no, if I'm called to do something. I don't have to know, always know, bow myself to that fear because I know who is holding my future. And then, no, here is a clear, clear kind of what? Uh, commission given to Elijah. Elijah, your life is not over, man. I want you to do this, this, this. And then you're surprising. What did the Lord to do, do to Elijah? For a man who said, everything is over. I'm done with my life. The Bible says he's one of those people, privileged people, who never faced death. 
you know surprisingly the other thing you know what when his work was done when his all the purposes the lord has accomplished the lord said enough money <laughs> come up your work is done he sent the chariots of fire and horses and he said no your work is done now come up to all the young people i want to say okay we live in a uncertain time and we know how many lives were taken away just like that and there is every possibility that we also because you now we live live in this sinful world with we could also bow down to this kind of fear but i want you to take life like this as long as the lord's plan and purpose for your life is accomplished the lord will keep you so until then keep working whatever the lord has entrusted into your hands keep doing it forget about what is going to happen in your future think about today what has the lord entrusted you think about that today right it was uh, henry martin the great uh, missionary who came to india who made this uh, very thought provocative statement he said uh, i am immortal until the lord's will is done i am immortal what does that mean <laughs> he is in control of my life and all that i have to focus is not what is going to happen to me later just focus on what the lord has entrusted right now in your hands if you ask me brothers and sisters what has kept me going i tell you even today it is not difficult for me to wallow in depression it's possible once i shift my focus from what i'm doing and then start focusing on 3 years from now what is going to happen to my tumors the moment i shift from what i'm doing today to that i will not be able to do what what i'm doing today the last 2 or 3 years i would consider these are some of my best years especially in the service of the lord it was during this broken time the lord actually uh gave me some new vision uh gave me some new direction that i was able to get involved in a few things that i would have never imagined before and i strongly believe uh that's the same with every one of you now here is god strengthening elijah and i want to conclude here the lord strengthening elijah clearly giving him a direction restoration rejuvenation whatever you call that the lord clearly did that to elijah then secondly we looked at how the lord revealed himself in a new way and also finally how he recommissioned him and i hope and pray that the words that you listened today from god's word will be a blessing keep trusting in the lord also speak to people uh, have some good friends let your friendship with godly people not just be superficial open out you may find support i tell you i am grateful to god for some of those friends i would call them in the middle of the night crying ask them to pray for me i remember one friend who came all the way down to be with me for a couple of days from shanghai he works in a multinational company he flew all the way from shanghai 
to be with me for two days. I tell you, this is also a great ministry opportunity. I still remember once I was sharing about what I went through right after that elderly person, he must be around 65. He was just diagnosed with cancer. He had one daughter who is yet to be married and he was more concerned about that. This was in Sharjah. And right after that, he came to me and hugged me and said, brother, if you could hold on to a, a view that the Lord will accomplish all that he has planned for you, I think I should also start believing in that. Brothers and sisters, whatever you're going through, keep trusting in him. He's that with you all the time, and he will also minister to you. May the Lord bless these words, and uh, thank you again for... Uh, giving you this opportunity to be here and also to share God's word. May God's name be glorified.